In the name of God, creator, redeemer, and life giver. Amen. In an Advent sermon preached some years ago, Brother James Kester, now superior of the Society of St. John the Evangelist in Cambridge, Massachusetts, described a newspaper article. One of his favorite columnists had written, Margaret Went of the Toronto Globe and Mail. And she wrote about how she loved going to church on Christmas Eve, especially if there was a light snowfall that night. She described how lovely it was to hear the nativity story, to see festively dressed members of the congregation, to observe the beautifully appointed nave and chancel with poinsettias, garland, and wreaths placed just so. She loved the music and receiving Holy Communion. However, at the conclusion of her article, this journalist who had grown up an Anglican confessed that she had stopped going to church a long time ago because she didn't believe a word of what was said on Christmas Eve or any other day for that matter. Well, Brother James continued to comment what she loved was the ritual the familiarity with the story, and the picture-perfect Christmas card scene of a moonlit night with lots of bright stars and a light snowfall. What she loved was the nostalgia of Christmases long ago. What about you? Each year, as Martha and I put up our Christmas tree, we have shared stories of Christmases past, some that make us laugh out loud, and others that evoke some very different emotions. There is one ritual when we put up the tree that has continued since 1987 when my dad died, and that is placing an ornament with the words Christmas memories around a picture of my dad dressed as Santa, having visited my three delighted children on Christmas Eve, sitting with them and reading the nativity story. There certainly are some very precious memories on Christmas Eve, and sharing those with one another means so much over time. They fill our hearts with joy and gratitude for all the blessings that we have received. Indeed, those memories are sacred as we move through one season of life into others, and they have a rightful place in our lives. And yet there are those who are, and you've heard this term, C&E, C&E people, Christmas and Easter attendees, who for reasons other than the celebration of the birth and resurrection of Jesus, do fill the pews to overflowing. Now, I'm not saying that a return on Christmas or Easter for reasons other than the feast day is a negative thing. But what I am saying, which echoes James's thoughts, is this. Nostalgia is not the same as faith, and faith is not being about nostalgic. And we stand on the threshold of Christmas 2022 on this fourth Sunday of Advent. We are not there yet. But I want you to ask yourself and ponder, what are you longing for, yearning for? 
not as some memory of a Christmas long past, but a yearning born of your life right here, right now, in this moment. I'm not sure I ever believed that back in the day, life was even simpler than it is today. I am not convinced that earlier times were better, more peaceful, less fractious than our own day. Even as we enter the nativity story directly from Holy Scripture, we also know how it unfolds in Jesus' own time, a time ripe like ours with political oppression, violence, religious upheavals, and death that would make their claims even on Jesus himself some 33 years or so following this miraculous birth. We have sanitized the story and romanticized the narrative to accommodate a culture of commercialism and consumerism that is rampant all around us. We have made the stories more palatable and more easily fitting into secular songs than Christian hymnody. But my invitation to you this day, this fourth Sunday of Advent, is to step out of the unconscious desire for nostalgic remembrances and into an intentional orientation that our faith in Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, and what that means for us in our own day and time. So what might that look like for you? It may be that just as Josh invited us to stay in the prison cell with John the Baptist last week, before headlong rushing into the next scene of the story, you and I may need the time, the intention, the patience, and the practice of asking the difficult questions of our own faith. It may also be that we are being invited to wrestle with what that means and what the claims this faith makes on us in our own day and time. What does the truth of Jesus' life his death, and his resurrection. What difference does it make for you this day, this season of your life? The inbreaking of the divine into human form and into human history demands a more serious response of faith than a simple recounting of a sweet, if not accurate, nativity story. Rather, it seems to me that this not-so-sweet and not-so-romantic, not-so-simple birth requires us to do the same as Josh asked of us last week, to stop exactly where we find ourselves. And instead of rushing to a manger scene that woos us into feelings of kumbaya, rather than to wrestle with its demands upon us, as we refuse the nostalgia and embrace the demands of our faith. Just like Joseph visited in a dream, we must listen to the dream of God as God speaks it into our own lives, into our own dreams, into our own becoming the agents of Christ's light and love in this world. In her book, The Heartbeat of God, finding the sacred in the middle of everything, our former presiding bishop, Catherine Jeffords Shorey, writes these words. 
The incarnation sets us all on mission. And mission, after all, is the reason of being for Christians. Emil Brunner, a renowned 20th century Swiss theologian, put it this way. The church exists by mission as a fire exists by burning. That fire warms cold and weary bones as they join in God's labor, healing and restoring all creation. You and I, like Mary, and even like Joseph, the protector of Mary and Jesus, are called into being agents of that mission right here, right now. Like that fire burning in Jesus' own heart and in his life, you and I are called to bear that light and passion into a weary, war-torn world, too. This is our mission, to bear the light of Christ wherever we go, to whomever we meet along the way. The truth of the matter is that this nativity story was never a simple starry night experience where kings showed up with gifts and choirs of angels sang silent night, where lowly shepherds made their way to a stable with wonderfully behaved sheep to worship a newborn savior. Was it that? Maybe some of that was very, very true. Was it just like that? Probably not. Think of the journey that Mary and Joseph made to Bethlehem. Think of the place where God, in form, took God's own first breath. It wasn't beautiful. It wasn't romantic. And it wasn't sanitary. If we pass that story along, if we pass the story that is the whimsical, romantic story, then there is no faith in that. There is no room then for the earth-shattering radical transformation of all creation and our human hearts if that's the only story we tell. God invites us into mission. We, individually baptized people of God, we, as the body of Christ together, are called into being the agents of justice, inclusion, radical love in this world. As people of faith, we should be shaken to our very core by the shape, the meaning, and the implications of this incarnation story for us. It's serious. It's our mission in life. Brother James comments, as people of faith, what we are longing for is not some imagined time when life will be simpler but a promised time when God's own dream and God's own mission, God's own gift in Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, is the promised time when the divine's reign of peace and justice, salvation, light, and love will be fulfilled. My friends, that's our mission. 
to be Christ's hands and Christ's heart in this broken, aching, fearful world. Will we have fears? Will we experience doubt along the way? Absolutely. But that's what this communion table exists to do for us. That we come here broken and we are made whole. We're come, we come here hungry and we are fed with the sacrament of Christ's own body and blood. We come here fearful and we are strengthened by the collective prayers that we raise to God together. If we really listen to the words of the gospel before us today, if we listen from the perspective of locating our place in this unfolding narrative, it leads us directly to our mission as believers and our lives of co-creating with the divine the kingdom of God, the heart of God. And as such, if we accept this mission as our own in the name of Jesus, then nostalgia as an excuse for faith has no place in our lives. This Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, will save his people, we are told, and not just his people, but all the beloveds of the Creator. That's the truth of the story of the gospel good news of Jesus Christ. It's not just for those who look like us, love like us, live like us. This gospel good news is meant for all, everyone we meet along the way, and all creation as well. This Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, saves us, frees us to go about being the hands and heart of Christ in this world. This is the radically inclusive, undeniable truth and the divinely given mission that we, the baptized people of God, share with Emmanuel, God with us. But let me say this. It is not easy, nor is it simple. It is mysterious, complex, costly, and at times may be more full of doubt but that's okay. That's okay. Like John in his cell or Jesus upon the cross, we too may find ourselves with more questions than answers. So do as Rilke did and said to the young poet, live into the questions and perhaps one day, perhaps one day you will live into the answer. But the courage to live into the questions is part of our life of faith. It's still real, alive, and maturing faith. For sure, it is so much easier to be nostalgic at Christmas, but it isn't faithful to our mission as followers of Jesus Christ. And by allowing ourselves to be nostalgic observers does not build the kingdom of God on earth. This is the powerful truth of the nativity story, not romanticized or sterilized before we can proclaim it. For the truth in that story is that we are given the one who will always find us, always heal us, 
who will always and everywhere love us all. That's the message for you to proclaim to the brokenhearted, to the lost and the weary, to the ones that think they're unlovable. Proclaim the love, the radical love of God in Jesus Christ by witnessing your life. We are given this extraordinary blessing, and we are told today in the story from the Gospel of Matthew, now the birth of the Savior happened in this way. That's the story you and I are called to proclaim. So let us boldly live into that story, even with our questions, for they are holy also. Labor to bring about, birth the story of Jesus in your life. And let us let go of simple nostalgia for deeper faith in Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. For that is a question and a story that's worthy of retelling and worthy of living over and over again, no matter what season of life we find ourselves in. May this be the story you and I live. May this be the story you and I become. The light and love of Jesus Christ in this world. Amen.